across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Well, the economy probably going to be one of the main stories of the year, and this has all sorts of consequences. So, for example, one of the consequences is it has an impact on the amount of money government gets through the tax take. In other words, how much money government has to spend on, for example, health and education. At the same time, around SARS, there are all sorts of other issues happening at the moment. And, of course, there's a tax deadline uh, coming to, coming uh, towards us towards the end of the month. Edward Kiesvetter is the commissioner at SARS. Mr. Commissioner, good morning, and may I say Happy New Year. You absolutely may. Good morning, Stephen. A happy new year to you and your family as well. The economy at the moment, when we see that it is, there's very little economic growth, if any, um, that must have an impact on how much money you're actually able to get as SARS for government. Well, it definitely affects business levels. Um, we've seen again now uh, in the last uh, quarter, um, and that is reflected specifically in corporate income taxes when companies make an estimate of their profit for the for the full year um, that they are a lot more conservative Um, and so definitely the economy has a direct correlation with how much taxes in the end SARS is able to collect um, we've spoken for many years, and you've spoken about compliance levels. In other words, the number of people, the percentage of people in companies who should be paying tax and whether they are actually paying tax. And in a way, it's your job and everyone's job to get those compliance levels, to increase those compliance levels. If they do increase, that means there's a lot more money available. Are you making progress? Stephen, that's the good news, that we have made significant progress in a number of areas. The first is that... We've been able to work hard using, obviously, our access to data and using artificial intelligence to identify taxpayers with economic activities who may not be registered. And so every year we've worked on adding um, about a, a million taxpayers. Not all of them are economically active. Some of them, for example, register for jobs. But within that, there's a core group of taxpayers that um, are triggered. We've also worked quite hard at our ability to detect risk, but also the flip side of that is to provide a better service because data and technology isn't only for risk detection, it's also for giving a seamless experience. If I give you two simple data points, you can see the relative success. Uh, Over the last five years, our revenue has grown at about 7% on a compound annual growth rate basis. Against that, our compliance revenue has been growing at an average of 22%. So we would have been in a lot worse position had it not been for the small gains that we have made in terms of uh, our compliance activities and also improving the compliance revenue. Um, is there, I mean, it seems, you say it's a small improvement, it seems to be quite a big improvement or a significant improvement. Um, is there a sort of law of diminishing returns here? There will become a point at which there is, where, you know, if there's 100% compliance, there's no more money you can get. Is it going to get harder and harder to increase those compliance levels? We are a long way from the diminishing return uh, uh, point of inflection. And the reason for that, Stephen, is... Unfortunately, over the last number of years, for various reasons, including uh, just the attitude that some people may have uh, to crime and corruption, we've seen a significant proliferation in syndicated crime, 
which just amounts to an industrial scale level of, of crime that not only distorts our economy, but then also keeps the revenue that should be in the tax base out of the tax base. So that's one negative. The second area of concern is our overall compliance levels to date. We, we measure that regularly and it's around about 65%. So we are therefore, we, we, we lead with the conviction that if we invest in SARS and improve compliance levels, get uh, the behind those criminal syndicates, that we're a long way from diminishing returns. And so we will continue to drive our compliance efforts because we believe that's the lowest hanging fruit. You know, it's easy to hike tax rates, uh, but it, actually, as we've seen in the last VAT increase, it doesn't significantly improve the tax stake. In fact, inadvertently, it uh, triggers non-compliant behavior. So our message consistently has been, as we improve the administrative efficiency of SARS, we will improve the fiscal integrity of South Africa because that's really money that already belongs to government and should just be harvested. For all of that, you need a lot of workers to do it. Do you actually have enough staff to keep going in this way? No, we don't, Stephen. We, we are suffering with, along with the rest of government with uh, resource constraints. Uh, we are not able to always uh, attract the right kind of people, offer them the right kind of levels of salary. Uh, our employee value proposition should be significantly better in terms of giving people um, a market-related but also performance-related incentives as one does in uh, outside of government. So we are definitely constrained. Also, it slows down the rate at which we can uh, modernize our platform and invest uh, our, bo our borders, for example. I'll give you one number. If we really want to make Bitebridge efficient, we would have to invest over three and a half billion rand to modernize the systems, to modernize the infrastructure. It's woefully inadequate. And multiply that by at least another five or six big ports in South Africa, and you see how significantly underfunded um, our um, enforcement uh, agencies are, and SARS suffers under the same weight. Hmm. Um, with with borders at the moment, we've we've seen the launch of the Border Management Agency, and it's been a lot in the media recently. Um, they obviously playing a role in our borders. We've got a you and customs officials, people from Home Affairs, playing a role in our borders as well. How does all of that work? How do you work? I, I presume you work generally very closely together. We have what is known as an interministerial committee that brings together all of the relevant ministers who are who have um, uh, functions um, active at the ports of entry. Um, that obviously the the border management agents, for example, which was recently established, they are um, obviously building capacity and capability, expanding that. We know that there's still significant shortcomings in all of our agencies. So it can work a lot better. Part of that is just absolute uh, incapacity, but others are also the ability to cooperate and collaborate as government departments. That's always a challenge um, so that we can have a smoother interaction. And very often inadvertently, we work against each other rather than with each other. Hmm. Um, and then uh, yeah, we've also seen recently some big cases around um, cigarettes. There was fuel tankers that you've detained as well. That illicit trade still seems to be growing. You need more money for the enforcement there. 
But every time you have one of these victories and you catch people in this way, I mean, it does show you two things. One, that some of your operations really do work. And two, that there is a big illicit economy still going. And big tick to both comments. The first is, as I pointed out earlier, and unfortunately, criminals have become really, really, uh, you know, um, blasé about the activities. Very often, a lot of that is facilitated also by people who have responsibility and stewardship over government resources. So that's a big concern. But yes, we, we but if, if you, if you can imagine that we are able to increase our enforcement capability just fivefold, you would be reading significantly more successes than what we are currently reporting, which is why I say that, you know, to the public clearly, and we, we appreciate the acknowledgement of the progress we make, but for those who are inside know that we are barely scratching the surface, which is why we remain uh, humble and modest about the progress we make, encouraged by it, but if we are really realistic, which we are, we know that we have a long way to go. Mr. Commissioner, I really appreciate the time this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Edward Kiesvetter is the Commissioner at SARS.